great. There you are. I learned how to recover my camera back up, so I'm not startled by the sight of my own face in the morning. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of, I literally house. told my husband, I'm like, I'm sick of scaring myself. <laughs> we learned how to turn off the video. Oh, nice. I literally had the camera covered from the day we bought it until the pandemic when suddenly everybody wants to see your face. Like, why do you got to see me? Because <laughs> they want to make sure it's you and not a doppelganger. True. They could just ask me like weird questions or I'll just ask me regular questions. I'll answer weirdly. Such as? Um, well, everybody should know my favorite color. If you don't know my favorite color, you don't know me. <laughs> uh, Everyone knows it's taupe. As I say right now, you can just see a bead of sweat rolling down the side of Poppy's face. <laughs> What's my favorite color then, Allie? I would guess seafoam green. You when you painted your mermaid bedroom. You're room. thinking of Cassie. Cassie oh no, I thought of your mermaid room. Are you talking about the bathroom at our old house? No, yes. don't you guys have a room upstairs on your second floor that is got mermaid shit in and is seafood green? Or am I just no. making that up? You're making, You're making that up. God damn. <laughs> we Sorry. had a bathroom. We had a bathroom at our old house. It was kind of like that. Maybe that's what it was. I could have swore you had like a mermaid room. That was the old bathroom. Oh, God damn. Yeah. The drugs down. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. You don't know my favorite color. I don't know yours. But I'm very usually, but I always talk about my favorite color is purple. And then, you know, purple people are just weird people in general. They don't just like purple. They like to go all in. Like your you mother? Ever, you know, yeah. So, so you ever notice that all of a sudden it's like purple, purple toilet cover, purple tissue box. So yeah. <laughs> like yes. Grimace. Yes. Like Grimace. Exactly. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All right. So this is where I put the intro. Yeah. Bing. This is the golden age of media. I'm Ben. And I'm Allie. As two kids born in the mid 70s, we entered the 80s as little kids and we left as teenagers. And it's during this time that we grew to love TV and movies as well as books and music. And we'll share some of our favorites with you every episode. That's mostly okay. I liked it. All right, on. So today it's me, Poppy, and Poppy, your sister. Your and, wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he conveniently forgot that part. Well, yeah. you, you didn't have to cut me off either. No, so, I knew you were going to get there eventually. You thought most important, let me start with it being Allie's sister. Since that's <laughs> well, since it's normally you and me. You're, yes. It you're the you're she's like the guest star uh -huh, so uh -huh. okay yeah whatever fine <laughs> just stop right now i'm just all over stalker. with <laughs> okay anyways hi i'm poppy yep, she's poppy so anyway i think the first thing we're going to talk about today is the passing of richard donner yeah so richard donner was born on april 24th of 1930 so he lived a ripe old age. In the 1950s, he wanted to be an actor, but he was persuaded, persuaded to try directing. And he was on staff at Desi Lu Productions, which was the company of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Mm -hmm. 
Which that kind of kills me. That tells you how old he is because that's some black and white shit. Desi Lou. Yeah. 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 And uh, well, he was born in 1930. So. Right. If that gives you an idea. So through the 50s and 60s, Richard worked on his craft directing various Western TV series and some action movies. <clears throat> but his first big movie was 1976's The Omen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then two years later in 1978, he had another big hit with Superman. Now, doesn't he play Superman's dad? He sure doesn't. Damn it. Who does he play? (laughs) Nobody. He's the director. Oh, he's not the actor in any of these? (laughs) No. Okay, now, I could have sworn. Is he an actor, though? Isn't he he an actor also? No. I mean, like, sort of, but not really. He's like an uncredited extra in some of his his movies. Hmm. Oh but, wait! Uh, oh yeah, you're right. He go. He likes to go uncredited, except for yeah. a few. Oh, Tales from the Crypt. He was an audience member. Yeah, <laughs> a man at a bar. It says slash audience member. But I'm like, okay. I swear to God, I've seen his face before, and now I feel totally confused. So, do you feel like you know him best as an audience member from Tales of the Crypt or as director of <laughs> Superman and the? No, Omen? I'm sure I know the faces of all the directors out there. I'm sure I do. He's got to be. How do I know his face though? How how do how does anybody know who name another director's face? I mean, Spielberg. how does anybody come on? Because they're famous like. people. They're they they do behind the scenes featurettes. Yeah, uh, they do press. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't answer how you know someone's face. I know. Well, my brain is so confused and spinning, but it's trying to it's trying to figure out. Like, I know his face. Are you sure he's not played a dad somewhere? Uh, you're ruining the story Allie. i'm sorry it. keep going I, uh, I don't i probably have like your bathroom have confused myself sorry i don't know who you're thinking of just so know. anyway despite the success despite the success of superman he was fired from the production of superman 2 because of his poor relationship with the producers oh yeah he was replaced by another director named richard lester and who reshot much of Superman 2. But even though Superman 2 had already mostly been shot, Richard, you know, so the footage that Richard Donner had already shot, he refused to be credited for his work on it because he was so pissed. And Gene Hackman refused to participate after Donner's firing, so they couldn't reshoot any Lex Luthor scenes or add any more. And they they cut out Marlon Brando's Brando's Jor-El scenes. But in 2006, there was a richard donner cut release of superman 2 with a minimum material from richard lester and marlon brando scenes restored wait a minute you said that gene hackman refused to participate but why did they cut marlon brando i don't know they don't really say oh okay maybe he died i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well i heard that marlon brando wasn't exactly the easiest to work with i think something like in the island of dr moreau he had an earpiece and someone would just feed him the line and then he'd say it yeah <laughs> yes. last day yeah i guess he wouldn't have been dead so he could have re- <laughs> he could have done uh reshoots for superman too. too i don't know whatever okay continue sorry because a lot of the footage for superman 2 was shot when they were making superman 1 like they already knew they're going to make a sequel oh really so maybe he was just like yeah i'm not i'm not interested in participating but anyway don't worry the superman debacle didn't break richard's stride in the 1980s and beyond in the 1980s he found success with leggy hawk 
Yes. The Lethal Weapon series. Mm-hmm. Scrooged. Yes. And our personal favorite that we're going to talk about later, The Goonies. Yay. And according to IMDb, he's also credited as directing the uh, Cindy Lauper video for this theme song from the movie. Goonies are good enough. Yeah. Good enough for me. So, Thank you for singing, Ellie. You're welcome. Did it bring you back to our childhood? Are you okay now? Yes, I feel better. Okay. Richard continued to work through the 90s and into the 2000s as a director and a producer. He died on July 5th of 2021 at 91 years old. Wow, that's a good life. Yeah. We should all be so lucky to live that long. Yeah, I don't know. Look. (laughs) My husband and I was talking about, like, I don't know. After, after, it depends. I, I, I don't know. How are you feeling? Are you healthy? Does it hurt to just open your eyes in the morning? Like, it depends. Right. It depends on the day. The answer yeah. to those questions is yes. <laughs> I don't know if I think I told you. We also um, have a pact that um, we would like to die during the first wave of the apo- uh, zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband doesn't even like camping. So he's like, I don't want to be a fucking survivalist. Just kill me <laughs> in the beginning. I don't want to I don't live what that if- kind of life. And I was just like, <clears throat> I don't like high stress situations. So I, told- I need to also die in the first wave. I tell Ben that... Uh- just leave me behind. I'm the slowest. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I said, well, well each Go of us was like, me. I'll hold them off while you run. And each of us was like, I don't want to run. We're like, okay, we'll hold them off so somebody else can run. So <laughs> you picture yourselves as being like uh you remember in 28 day 28 days later, his parents, I don't know how they kill themselves, but he goes to his house and they're just dead in bed holding hands. Yeah. They OD on pills or something because they're just like, Yeah, I'm you know they're, they're they're probably like you're describing like i'm not gonna fend them off i don't have an arsenal of assault rifles and weaponry yeah. to, to fortify my own live a life without fresh water you know yeah I mean? <laughs> yeah i know like no thank you not right now yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm like mm, i don't see the appeal i was saying that at work one time and basically my co-worker was like you're you know you know um will to live is not strong enough okay you know what a lot of judge, people don't, make judge a lot <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that gardening is a lot harder than you think yeah and uh you get Especially mixed results zombies are out there right so that so you so with a garden you have to worry about rabbits yeah. deer uh-huh. other rodents and now you have zombies and then where are you going to get like fertilizer and seeds and right how are you where reliably going to how are you going to take a shit and fend off a zombie attack at the same time like yeah. you can never fucking relax. What kind of a life is that? <laughs> I'm not ready to. Uh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to create my own cloth adult diapers, which I have to wash <laughs> in a creek. Exactly. Because I can't shit because I always have to be ready to run, so I can't sit down. It, no, exactly. Honestly, physically though, uh, your body will make you shit and piss yourself so that you can run faster. So you're not carrying as much weight. Mm. That's why you piss and shit yourself when you're scared because your flight response is like, get rid of everything that's extra and lighten the load and go. Yeah. And they're like, (laughs) also this smell might fend off the guy thinking something's happened (laughs) and your body like, thanks body. Now I have to drive home in this. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we've discussed <laughs> shitting ourselves in fear, <laughs> no, nobody's interest in, uh, now that we've discussed that, uh, if we were all in the walking dead, we all would have killed ourselves in the first episode. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be a very short TV show. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you want to talk about the Goonies? I would love to. So the Goonies, um, there's this neighborhood called the Goondocks in Astoria, Oregon. The people who live there are financially irresponsible and they lose their houses. Yeah, I feel like they're like, there's poor folk and there's rich folk and the rich folk are evil. Well, yeah, that's true. It, it is true. Not evil per se, but in the movie, they're evil. They, they are bad guys. They are, are they? The dicks in the movie. Are yeah. they? Yeah. Well, because they want to tear down everybody's house and build a country club. And I don't know if you remember, but like in the very beginning where they walk up and he's like, is your mom home? And they're like, doesn't matter anyway. We're tearing it all down. I'm like, hey, these are their you know, family homes, man. Right. Yeah. So you're saying that they don't have to uh, do an end zone dance. They're already, when, they're, they're already won, basically. Yeah. You don't have to be a dick about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, you don't have, have to be, be a dick about it. You don't have to be a sore winner. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to rub shit in their face. Like they're already having a bad day. Don't be that guy. Yeah. We um we had an outdoor screening for Ben's. Well, it turned out to be his 41st birthday. We okay. were going to do it for his 40th, but I had a medical emergency that day. All right. Um. Anyway, so it's one of my favorite movies. I don't even know if Ben really likes The Goonies that much. Really? But I um I do, which is why I picked it for his, his it's one of those movies where the bad where the good guys don't win in the end. They well, do what? <laughs> they do. And this is a movie, I don't know if we watched it together, but I've watched it a million trillion gazillion times. Me too. Well, and I watched it last weekend. Yeah. Um, and then we watched it this morning so that I I watched it between one and three AM. So I feel like I'm ready still. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Although I must say, do you want to know what I absolutely had forgotten between all the millions of times I've watched it? Maybe I just turned away each time. Was that? Oh well, I'll tell it later when the Fratellis are getting away. I forget that they. I forgot that they joined a race. Oh, I yeah. completely oh, forgot about it until I saw part. it. Oh my god! I'd kind of forgotten a lot of the beginning. So, okay. The gist of the movie is is that these kids, their parents, they can't you know balance the checkbooks. They're losing their houses. And, uh, they're uh, victims of a shitty economy. Maybe we'll put it that way, Ben. Thank you, Allie. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, see, it seems like uh, it seems like their dad still has a job. So you know, well, he's a problem? curator of a museum, and maybe they just the town isn't paying him enough in the hopes that he'll lose his home and that they can go ahead and gobble it up. Then hmm. I'm with you, Allie. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> They have a bunch of stuff in their attic that their dad stole from the museum. He's trying to sell it on the black market. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> and uh, says the book version is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and always does that. He's always like, well, in the book, they, and it's like, no, stop Princess it. Bride really, though, is a book. Yeah. Just and it's so a terrible know. book. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. Well, Goonies is a book, too. It is uh-huh. not. <laughs> And it's a homoerotic book, right, Ben? No. <laughs> but there is a surprising amount of sex in it. Right. So anyway, they have all the stuff that Mike, Mikey's dad stole from the museum in their attic. And uh, amongst these things is a map to buried treasure. And the, the gist of the movie is they go looking for the buried treasure of the pirate One-Eyed Willie to try and save the goondocks. Well, they're doing it while the murderous Fratelli family is right behind them, too. That's an important element. 
So yeah. they're not just running toward treasure. They're running from bad guys too. So in the like the opening scene is one of the Fratelli brothers um, looks like he's hanged himself in his prison cell. Um, and then he knocks the police officer. You know, they don't come. Well, I guess there are dead bodies, but they never show any violence, right? In any yeah. in any of the scenes. Um, <clears throat> but he knocks the police officer out and the mom and the brother are waiting outside. They do um, the ring. Oh, he goes to, the older brother goes to open the door and the, <laughs> the younger brother kept saying like, I don't know, it's not unlocked. He's like, <laughs> they make him like climb through the uh, sunroof. Yes. And they do a ring of fire, which I think was on Myth- Mythbusters on whether or not it would work and it wouldn't work, which hurt my heart. But oh. where they poured gas along the, around the front of the um, police uh, headquarters or wherever the jail is mm-hmm. and then shot it to start the fire so they couldn't get out of the building mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess that that's myth busted that hurt my feelings and then they took off the fratellis the mom fratelli and then the two sons take off you know in their four by four the mom at one point tells the son throw, <laughs> throw it in a four-wheel drive and they join a beach race which is freaking awesome i'd like to be on that beach race Hell yeah. Then they <laughs> stop at this uh, beat up, broken down restaurant that's been closed down because there's nothing near it who would go there anyway. Yeah. So that they, and that's when the kids um, follow the map that they find in the attic to the restaurant because it is the beginning of the cave system for finding the treasure. Did you notice when they're in the attic doing the exploration of the attic? Mm-hmm. um that there's those plasma balls remember how those were the cool thing with the, the electricity oh, honest to god i was looking at those like who would have that just plugged up in their attic me because that's awesome <laughs> right. but it's up there with all this spanish um you know uh yeah 18 the, maps from the 1800s and yes yes yeah and all and of then these the little, the little, yeah the little electricity ball things that you put your finger to it and it zaps your finger yes exactly <laughs> like why why are those up there? Just I don't know. Yeah, there's two of them. Randomly <laughs> cool 1985 shit. Seems like a fire hazard. <laughs> right? Honestly, I was thinking, there's like, who would have that? Well, I'm one of those crazy bastards. I'd have one. I don't know if I'd have it plugged in and playing when I wasn't up there. Well, that's why, the, that's why they don't have any money, because they have random crap like that they bought <laughs> instead yeah. of uh, saving their money. I'm sure that's what happened. And I don't know if you know about the Mama Fratelli. There's a guy that plays one of her sons, Richard Donner. She was told to hit him just as hard as she could. She really is molly whopping him. Really? And yeah. So I actually looked it up because I'm, as I'm watching it last night, I'm like, it looks like she is like smacking the fuck out of him. And that the other actor is laughing every time that he, the guy that plays his brother gets, you know, slapped the shit out of him. Yeah. And sure enough on IMDb, <laughs> it says that she was told to just let him have it. She is smacking the fuck out of that man. <laughs> She's also... I, I was Throw totally mama from the train. She's yeah. the mama. Yeah. Right. I couldn't remember. I'm like, she's been in a lot of movies and Ben's like, I don't know. Yeah. She's, she's been mama a- from throw mama from the train. She's in a lot of things, but like the Goonies and throw mama from the train are like the two biggest and the bunch of the, a lot of the other ones are just random TV movies. And well, she has an eclectic look, you know what I mean, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't. She's, <laughs> that's a kind way of putting it. She doesn't have a lot of nude scenes in her. Oh, <laughs> right. Maybe that's not her thing. <laughs> Maybe she does other other stuff. You know. So a story at Oregon is a real place. 
which I find cool. When yeah, I thought that was cool too. And I heard that they recently declared like July 4th Goonies Day or something like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think that if you are uh, have a struggling economy and you're a small town and you are any way related to a movie, fucking use that. The uh, use jail. Get some economy. Use that in any way you can. <laughs> the jail that he broke breaks out from in the beginning really was a jail. But now it's the Oregon Film Museum. Oh, see, mm. that's what I'm saying. Use it, people. Be smart. This is how we stay alive in these economy times. <laughs> There's a, um, a, you know, what I noticed when we watched it last weekend. I noticed that there are a lot of stereotypes. Yeah, you know, Data is the uh, techno wizard. Techno wizard because he's Asian. Yeah. Um, there's the chubby kid that gets made fun of. All he can think about is eating. I love the truffle shuffle, but now as an adult, I'm like, well, that's freaking cruel. Like, I actually never liked it. I thought it was I always weird. thought it was mean. Like, why would you fucking just open the door, mouth? And yeah. I guess in real life, uh, Martha Plimpton plays, I think it's Steph. Yeah. Okay, Steph. Steph. Yeah, she says um, she in real life hated Corey Feldman, hated mouth. She's yeah. like, you're just a dick. I don't like you. I don't like your fucking character. Stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. So then there's Mouth, and then there's Josh Brolin, who's the big brother exercise oh, dude. Oh, yeah. IMDb said that all the main characters that are kids are referred to by their nicknames. So they call his name is Brandon, but they call him Brand. Brand. They call him Mikey instead of Michael. Yeah. Data, Mouth, Chunk. Everybody's called a different name other than their given name so his like, mom though um mike and brand's mom mikey and yeah. brand's mom does say oh you know david is here or something yes so, and i was like who's she referring to do yeah it's because they the, through the movie they were referred to by their nicknames all the kids are given a nickname and i was like you know what? when i was a kid i would have died for a cool nickname right <laughs> I would have died for a cool nickname for my group of friends, like the Goonies. Yeah, and no. then you guys are from the Goondocks. I actually didn't even realize that until last night when one of the when one of them said something about really? being from the Goondocks. Yes, I did not remember that them calling it the Goondocks. We were talking about that this morning because we didn't under we were, I guess I was like, well, why are they necessarily called the Goonies? Probably just an insult, like you know, weeb is an insult now. So like the Goondocks is like uh, the Shack Town in Wayne Westland, right? I would guess so. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the bad part of a good town. Yeah, so yes, <laughs> that's why uh, Andy's like, I'm not a Goonie. So yeah. you know, these are well, your so problems. I just went out of this stupid tunnel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the one thing I like is I think as a kid I was like, it was kids taking charge, and there wasn't yeah. an adult there telling what to do because. They are, yeah, they're escaping adult serial killers. They are trying to find treasure. They're going through all these trials. They go through tunnels. They get tons farther than Chester Copperpot, who died in the, at the very first trap. Because right, yeah. there's traps set all through these tunnels. And I just, yeah, as a kid, I loved it. I also thought the scene with the bathroom was always funny when they were shaking the pipes and toilets explode, because who doesn't <laughs> like bathroom humor? Right, Ben and I... Um... Just watched it this morning. And you know, Troy, uh, Andy's country club boyfriend yeah. uh, or guy friend or whatever. Anyway, um, he's wearing an all red tight sweatsuit with white socks and navy blue slip on 
uh, tennis shoes. Yeah. And I was like, he looks like he's wearing a prison outfit, like <laughs> a prison jumpsuit. Especially Nowadays, they'd be like, lock the windows or lock, roll the windows and lock the doors because they guys from prison. Yeah. So <laughs> I just noticed that this morning that it looks utterly ridiculous. Um, anyway, so the kids, the Fratellis, they, like you said, they show up at this restaurant that's closed and the Fratellis are there. And they find a machine downstairs. Data's poking around because that's what he does. And he, um, there's a printing press that prints $50 bills in the basement. Yeah. Um, He's like, $50 bills, guys, $50 bills. They're like, yeah, wait, nothing's on the back. Right. (laughs) And then, so they try and what? They try and hide because the Fratellis come back all of a sudden because they had taken a body out. They put something in the back of their Jeep and you don't know what it is um so they're gone so that's why the kids are exploring the restaurant um and they find this stuff they find it they they do go down after chunk knocks over the water bottle they go down into a grate um, yes a fireplace grate and remember that chunk gets stuck in the freezer because he can smell the ice cream through the freezer door because he's fat yeah because fat kids have an extraordinary (laughs) sense of smell for food okay yeah and he gets locked in there with a dead dead body body. which is one of the feds i guess yes i always i like the um part where the fratellis come back and they they want chunk to tell him to tell them where his friends went and he tells them immediately she's like yeah they went down the fireplace but they don't believe him they think he's lying (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite part. Well, one of the things I noticed is he sneezes when he comes out of the thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I heard someone say gazoon tight. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe because I was like, oh, I don't remember that. Maybe that, you know, it was I didn't hear it, blah, blah, blah. It's three o'clock in the morning. But I'm reading IMDb. And sure enough, the lady that plays Mama Fratelli, her name is Ann something. She mm-hmm. said she heard him and said gazoon tight, like just out of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and I just left it in. I didn't even hear that. Yeah. Um, oh, and then so they're threatening to put his hand in a blender, and he's, they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Tell me everything," and he's like, "Everything," and they're like, "Everything." So then he goes into this litany of shit you he's know, done ever since he was a kid. You know, <laughs> gluing beards on stuff, throwing vomit on people. You know. Oh yeah. And then at one point he is t- he prank called the police about gremlins. And I love that the one Fratelli brother who's played by Richard Donner is just absolutely like he literally laughing at some point when he's not played by Richard Donner. Richard I, Donner's the director. I love you, but it's no, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, I keep saying Richard Donner. I don't mean to. His uh let me look up his real name now that I keep saying Richard Donner. Are you talking about the Fratelli brother who's like a famous actor? Who's an actor and he plays um and he's an opera singer. He's the one that sings opera. Oh, okay. So that's Robert Davi. Robert Davi, not Richard Donner. And then Sorry. the other brother is Joe Pantoliano, who's been in a lot of things over the years, who's more yes. well known. No, I, the brother I need mean is the uh, Robert Davi, who is actually an opera singer as well. Yeah, he's the one. He's he's the one that gets smacked for real. That's gets smacked by Mama Fratelli, and mm-hmm. he's the one that, if you watch him, like he is literally delighted and laughing at some of the shit the kid is saying. He looks absolutely fucking delighted. I love that part of the movie. <laughs> and he's like, and I, and in the third grade, <laughs> and then right. one time, <laughs> and he's like, I, I'm starting to like this kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. 
So Richard Donner, the, the director, not the fictitious actor. No, Robert <laughs> Davi. I think uh, you want me to say it like, I don't know. No, Robert I was going to say Davi. <laughs> Rich, Richard Donner said that working with all those kids was like fun. But at the same time, once they all got together, they're just like a pack of little heathens and they had to have to calm them all down. So you get all wound up once they all got together. Of course. Like a herd of cats. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids go down the ba- they go down the fireplace into the tunnel they get past where one-eyed willie went got chester to copperpot. chester copperpot got to yeah yeah and uh then they get to a well wishing well kissing and there's a bunch of oh a lot. Trent, Terrence Trent darby yeah yeah <laughs> you know and uh uh-huh. they get they get to the wishing well and that's where um what's his name troy troy and his friends are they're up at the top and it goes back to what you were saying about the kids being in charge being on their own because they decide not to get troy's help to go back up the well because mikey kind of rallies the troops and says you know we're uh, goonies Goonies never say die well no we're we're usually talking so sorry no but the quote is like you know he says it's their time up there, mm-hmm. and once they once they take Troy's bucket back to the surface, it's all over. But it's our time down here. Our place, our time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! And then we forgot to tell everybody. I'm sure everybody's seen this movie. It's one of the best from the '80s. Uh, that they um, decide to put Chunk in with sloth right? oh yes the fratellis chase after the um treasure and after the kids and mm-hmm. to get you know make sure that chunk doesn't run off and tell somebody where they are because he mm-hmm. did that mm-hmm. once because he already did that one time yeah. and that is one of my favorite scenes where he walks up to the car and he's like there's these two mobsters or, you know there's these mobsters and i know i know exactly what they're like i can explain them in detail and all of a sudden it turns on and it's robert davi the light turns on <laughs> and he starts to sing an opera and I guess that's the uh, the actor Chunk uh, ad libbed the Hebrew prayer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the real funny. prayer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was good. So they put him. That's when they get him, and they you know the hand blender thing, and then they yeah. decide to put him in with Sloth, uh-huh. um, and then they follow the kids down. So Sloth is the deformed brother of the Fratelli. Family. The third Fratelli brother, the one chained to the wall. Yeah, he and he's cha- he's kept chained it to a wall in a room with a TV, and uh, he's a huge malformed man. His face is malformed, he and he loves baby Ruth. That that's what Chunk finds out. I don't. <clears throat> yeah, so they make friends. Yeah, him and Chunk become friends. The guy who played him died young too. He was a football player. Yeah. The last movie he was in was called like The Destroyer and it was horrifying. And it was also the last movie I think Anthony Perkins was in. Oh. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, let me look it up. I'm like, I, I think, might have the wrong. I'm wondering. Um, I'm, I'm, wondering I'm 40% sure that's not true. Um, no, I'm worried I have the wrong football player. I know, <laughs> I know the Destroyer movie part is true, but I'm like, what if it's a different movie? Because like, the guy that died that was in the... Um, because John, the guy who played Sloth, died in 1989. Okay. And I'm pretty sure Anthony Perkins. He died of AIDS. Um, what? I'm not Anthony Perkins. 
Who played <laughs> in Psycho? Anthony but, Hopkins. No, no. What? Let's just let's just turn this off. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is all gone to fuck. Look, I've only had four hours of sleep in two days. <laughs> I even know what fucking movie we're talking about now. Anthony Perkins was in Psycho. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Anthony Perkins. Thank uh-huh. you. I'm just super tired. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Because uh, I don't even know where we're going with this. So the guy who played Sloth, he died young. Mm-hmm. And uh, possibly due to an immune, an acquired immune disease, according to you. It says heart failure on uh, IMDb, but. She's saying Anthony Perkins died of acquired immune deficiency. <laughs> not the football player. Okay. Thank anyway. you. The football player died of cancer. No. The one I'm talking about. Is that the one okay. from Goonies? No. If not, I'm, I'm looking them up right now. No. Okay. No. Oh, no. I'm talking about Lyle Elzado. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> On the upside of all this, if you're looking yes. for an upside, Anthony Perkins did die of AIDS. So that part is true. <laughs> and Lyle Alzado did die of cancer and The Destroyer was their last movie together. Okay. But none of that relates to the Goonies. True, bro. <laughs> um, so anyway, so they're down there and um, they're <laughs> they're uh, uh, they're down there and oh, so let's talk about Data and his little um, inventor inventiveness so he has, um, I think he calls them the pinchers of peril, peril, or yeah, pinchers of pinchers of peril, the teeth. Yeah, I thought he said pinchers of power. Oh, I thought it was peril. Ben thought it was peril as well. Yeah. And they're just those chattering teeth on a long, you know, um, on a slinky, on a basically. Yeah, and he shoots it out of his sleeve, and you know, it catches him, so he doesn't fall on the spikes. Yeah, one of the booby traps that are down below. You watch this movie as an adult, though, and you look at all those little inventions. You go, "That wouldn't fucking work." <laughs> well, I even remember as a kid, like, how does that clamp down? I don't understand. And it's on a rock. What is it? Just gripping a tiny piece of rock? You know? What yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, he has another one. He called it. Uh, so the Fratellis are catching up to him, uh, to the to the kids, and um, he's like, "Time to deploy the slick shoes." I love slick shoes. I honestly, to this day, whenever I slip, I would say slick shoes. (laughs) His, um, his, uh, the heels of his tennis shoes open up and they squirt out some oil, which across a log that they, there's a raging river. And the only way across is a fallen log. Yes. Slick shoes. He he puts oil on the shoe or oil on the log with the shoes. Right. So when the Fratellis tried to, um, follow them, that they'll slip and, of crack course, their nuts. hilariously, the boys <laughs> fall and crack their nuts. Both of, of course, it's not an 80s movie until someone gets a nut shot. Right. And when you get your nuts cracked in an 80s movie, your voice goes high, even though it doesn't actually happen in real life. <laughs> your voice goes high. That's I wouldn't know, but I'm just, you know. Um, so, yeah. So then, so after what happens, when do they get to the organ? Is that when they get to the organ made out of a skeleton? Yep. So that's right around. So the slick shoes, which yeah. I, like I swear to God, I really do use it to say slick shoes is right where the um, organ is. And mouth is able to read in Spanish that if you play this correctly, the door will open. 
if you play it incorrectly, the floor will collapse and you die. El Morto or something. Uh-huh. So um, Andy being a cheerleader and from the right side of the tracks. And, not a goonie. Yeah, not a goonie. Not a goonie. Um, well, she becomes an honorary goonie after this. She does. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She can, of course, play piano. So she plays um, two correct notes, a wrong note, part of the floor falls out from beneath them. Um, then she plays the right note and the, this, draw, this stone drawbridge comes down and they escape but it's like a- well, at one point data comes running in he's like they're behind us they're coming they're coming he's talking about the fratellis and he runs into her and she plays the wrong note and part of the floor collapses oh is that what happens uh-huh uh-huh <clears throat> so they cross the drawbridge and then i forget how do they get to the water slide all of a sudden they're all on this water slide which uh well they go through that little hole there and i think they said like oh you know we just have to go in the fratellis at that point are shooting are shooting behind them and they're uh-huh. like just go in and then that's when they go down the water slide tunnel uh-huh. and go shooting out into the actual water like where there's a cut scene of a giant octopus that attacks them originally that they cut yes. out of the movie so i was i heard i read about that and then um this morning when, just when we finished watching it before we came upstairs, um, Data says to his dad uh, that octopus was crazy. And yes. as a child, and even before I knew about the cut octopus, and it never even registered. Oh, see, I just thought, oh, that's weird. About? That's what Ben <laughs> said. He thought, oh, crazy kid. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Stupid, stupid <laughs> kids lying like, all the time. Yeah. Well, I just thought, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Maybe there was an octopus I didn't see. So yeah. there was an octopus scene that they had to cut out. Yeah. Um, so they fall into this lagoon where One-Eyed Willie's ship is. And um, uh, 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 so they climb up onto the onto the ship and they, they, you know, they board the ship and then they find One-Eyed Willie himself and all of the treasure. And when um, we say treasure, we mean gems. Gems and gold and gold and coins jewels so much shit so much uh because he was a pirate you know yeah and he collected so much shit and he got chased into this alcove is what it was yep and uh mikey has this impassioned discussion with one-eyed willie and of course everybody's standing behind him listening to him yeah uh, having this discussion and uh mikey says to one-eyed willie skeleton you were the first goonie yeah um and I forgot about that. yeah and he tells everybody to leave the gold that's on the scales for one-eyed willie he said leave that that's his which yeah. is we find out is good because that would set off another booby trap trap booby yeah. traps. so yeah. many booby traps and rube goldberg machines like how many like to open the front gate at yeah. the okay. walsh's house yeah so let me tell you true story true story my husband says as we were watching it because he watched a little bit with me last night, then he went to bed and I finished watching it. He said, um, who has, who would let their kid make a Rube Goldberg machine? I said, oh, I know my ex-husband, <laughs> <laughs> um, his sister's kids had Rube Goldberg machines. They even had one to turn off the light in their bedroom. Aw. Yeah. From their bed, they had bunk beds, the little Rube Goldberg machines to turn <laughs> off things. So well, I was like, that shit's real. That actually does happen in America. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they, um, so One-Eyed Willie even had some Rube Goldberg machines himself. Yeah. Um, 
So they're stuffing their pockets full of jewels and, you know, mouth, of course, is stuffing them in his mouth. God, yeah. Um, and the Fratellis catch up. Yeah. And so they have a gun. And so they tie Andy's hands up and make her walk the plank. Yeah. You know, mayhem ensues. Um, and they all, all the kids end up in the water. But who and comes they- to save the day? Dun, 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 dun. Sloth hey, and Chunk. Yes. That was a good impression, Allie. I, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Do you know Sloth is actually like three years younger? So Chunk. Oh, uh, yeah. Chunk is like three years younger than um, Mike. So like Mikey and uh, Mouth are all the, basically, Mo- Mikey, Mouth, and Data are all basically the same age, like in real life. But uh, okay. the, the guy who plays Sloth or uh, Chunk is like three years younger than them. Oh, wow. And then obviously Andy and Bran and uh, Martha Plimpton's character, they're Steph, all, I think. yeah, Steph. they're all a few years older than the little, than the, the little boys, but. Oh, so when three years is a big, is big when one of you is 12 and the other is 15. That's what I was, t- that's what I was saying to Poppy. That's a big gap. Yeah. It's a big gap when you're little and when you're older, it's not as bad. That's why it's weird in the book version when uh, Steph takes mouse virginity. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, th- I thought it, I thought we agreed it was a homoerotic book. <laughs> okay. No, you, I never said that. <laughs> okay. oh my God. That's Tango and that's the book version of Tango and Cash. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's right. So then, like Sloth and Chunk come and save the day. Sloth mollywops his mom because he remembers at one point that she it, they started to sing like a lullaby to him, and he remembers that she dropped him on his head. Yeah, rockabye baby. Rockabye baby. Yeah. And <laughs> she says, "When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall." He goes, "Oh!" He's like, "Fall!" <laughs> so he beats the shit out of his brothers, and he takes care of his mom. And they had set off the booby trap, the Fratellis, by grabbing coins off the gold coins off the scales. Yeah. And so the cave starts to collapse, the cave that's holding the boat. And it, they have to escape. They think that they lost their guy, Sloth, because he held open the um, falling rock door for them. Yes. They yep. emerge somehow, emerge out on the beach. Nobody sees them emerge, but they just pop up out of nowhere. And there's a whole bunch of people already on the beach. It's their parents looking for them. For some reason, they went to the water. And the pool and the police are there on the police uh, are there. quads. Was it quads? Three wheels? Yeah, I'm like, was it were they in the race area? I'm not sure. <laughs> no idea. I yeah. don't know how that all plays out. But anyway, so there's yeah. police there and yeah. everybody's family is there. Yes. Um, and they're all having a good time. Chunk says to Sloth, you're going to live with me now. I'm going to take yeah. care of you. Well, at one point they said, like, what were you doing? And there, and Mikey says, we had the money. We had everything. We had the, the way to, like, save the goondocks. But we lost it. We lost everything. And that's when they the Sloth walks up with the Fratellis. The, they try to protect Sloth from the cops because the cops like, who's this big dude with the Fratellis? Mm-hmm. And that is when Rosalita, the maid, finds the gems in his pocket because the Fratellis made them give up all their gems. But yeah. Mikey managed to hide some still. Right. And those gems in were in the marble bag, save. aren't they? They're yes. in a marble bag, yep. And they were enough to save the goondocks. Yeah. And the dad tears up the, the sale contract between, but, you know, him. the rich people trying to bulldoze his familial home well of course because it's troy right it's troy's yeah. and it's dad. troy's dad specifically that's trying to 
trying to build the golf course. Yes. Um, so anyway, so then the last scene is the ship sailing off into the sunset. And I wanted to be a Goonie, so... Oh my god, I always thought it was cool. Like I never it's it's okay to be a geek so long as there's more than one of you to chill together. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. geek things together. Yep. So one time when we were looking for this house, when we were looking at houses, Ben and I saw a house uh over in Brighton and we called it the Goonie House because <laughs> it looked like the the Walsh's house. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, shit. <laughs> it, was, it was cool. Like, can we go see the Goonie House? One of the things I read on IMDb trivia things was that um, anytime they 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 do say shit and bullshit throughout the movie, but they always do it when there's background noise, so that if the broadcaster wants to drown out those words, they could do it. So, like, if a kid says shit or bullshit, it's like when the police are driving by, or like the mom is turning on the blender or something. Or so interesting. Yeah, so they can drown out all the bad words. Did you know that uh, Sean Astin kept the treasure map? And that his mom threw it out? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what it was. Yeah, and nobody wanted the, the ship, you know, and so that they just scrapped it. And part of it's on the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh. Some, some of the rigging is. I guess nobody wanted it. I'm like, was it because it, it would take a lot to maintain? Like, why would you? Nobody want that gorgeous ship they just built. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I would. And I was like, shit, I would chill in it. I would take it around the communities, get a little tourism going. What where would you keep it? My, well, I'm, I'm not keep rich, it so backyard. nowhere. Because I'm not I don't have shit. I don't even have a fucking garage. I'm just saying if I had the money, right. I would I would Do you know it. how much real estate costs in California? Who's got who's got money to have a rich storage people, space? Yeah. Usually rich, white guys. Rich people don't need a fake <laughs> they don't need a fake pirate ship. Sure. Well, sometimes you want to be that rich. You're like so rich, you're like, yeah, and there's my pirate ship yeah <laughs> i well, have acreage i could put a ship right there probably That'd if <laughs> probably if they wouldn't have scrapped it there'd be some rich guy today who would buy it because of his nostalgia for his childhood yeah fuck yeah dude i'm one of those guys like if i had the money i'd be like i'd invite you guys over to my pirate ship <laughs> i was yeah. a teenager and i loved that movie i mean i still love the movie i still do to me it still hits it's not boring it keeps going it yeah. still hits yeah yeah it's good yeah okay are you going to talk about the next thing yeah so i want to talk about the movie jack's back now one of the things i've talked to your husband about repeatedly is um the covers of movies and this is one of the covers i recognize and remember being in the movie store it's james spader is the cover and it's basically just like slashed in half and he's in one half of the um thing i little, had a little crushy on his little hot ass James Spader. Did you so so in the movie? Did you like the do-gooder James Spader or the kind of burnout bad boy James Spader? Oh, I like the burnout bad boy. I'll get there. I'll get there. Are you ready? Okay. 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 Yeah. So it's called Jack's Back. Is the movie we're talking about? It came out in '88, and it's a horror film about the return of Jack the Ripper on his 100-year anniversary. But that's really just background noise. That that whole thing. So before the credits, you see this young woman, she's in this dark and foggy alley, alley, her hand is slashed. She's looking around for someone with a frightened look on her face. And that person comes up from when she doesn't see him, you know, from her blind spot and kills her with the knife roll credits, right? So as the movie starts again, the narrator goes over, so you hear this narrator, okay? Going over Jack the Ripper's crimes and they're pretty heinous. 
saying that tonight is the anniversary of the last murder. And the narrator you find out is this detective talking to a psychologist named Carlos Patera. And the psychologist is asked by the detective, what do you make of all this? You know, after going through the Jack the Ripper shit, yeah. to which the psychologist replies, we must stop him. I'm like, motherfucker, you needed a PhD to figure out where to stop a serial killer. (laughs) But the psychologist was played by Robert Picardo, which you were, when you started watching the movie, you're like, hey, it's the guy from Star Trek. Yeah. Yep, it's the doctor from Star Trek Voyager. That's Robert Picardo. He also acted in the Stargate series, the Wonder Years. The pilot episode of Silver Spoons. Yeah, but in this movie, he's Carlos Patera. Yeah. psychologist and speaker of the obvious <laughs> yeah his title his character yes. like I, I thought they're gonna do more with him like me too like he, end, he introduces the movie it well, well i won't jump ahead to the end but yeah, don't jump ahead to the end but i'll get to the spot and you can go ahead and throw it out there and be like why yeah. <laughs> so the next scene cuts to the scalpel cutting into the skin as the surgeon teaches a class of medical residents and it shows James Spader as one of the medical students, and he's the, the main actor of the movie. So the James plays John Westford. He's a promising medical resident that helps at a homeless camp. He interns at a low-wage clinic. He's cute as hell. Sex workers are coming through the clinic where he works, and they're portrayed as like good girls in bad situations. And right. John defends the sex workers to this head doctor, right? <clears throat> And he's fired. The doctor says, you're fired. But he literally says, no, I'm not. And it worked. <laughs> the well, fucking audacity. I'm going to try that one day, just so you guys know. <laughs> I think that it's it's a it's an unpaid job, if I understand. So. Yeah. Well, he literally said, you can't intern in here anymore. And he was like, uh, see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So you could see John being interviewed on the news and he's advocating for the poor and homeless in the area. He's just an all around good guy, right? Right. He's a 10 out of 10. He's a shining fucking star. So yeah. the police are holding this. He's a bit much. He's a bit much with the A little bit shit. over the top there. Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to help the poor. The yeah. poor, the homeless. You know, some good people, girls gone bad. Okay, some sure. people are just trying to get by. And, yeah. you know, I'm sorry we don't all have the time and energy to just be helping everybody all the time yeah he's the guy that's so good that you you would have a brother that would be upset about it (laughs) and that's probably well you're gonna gonna get you're gonna get to his brother later yeah so the police hold a meeting about the murders that are looking like jack the ripper they talked about how there's no survivors or witnesses but they do know through profiling or whatever that he smokes he's strong he's left-handed he has um, really strong anatomical knowledge. And the psychologist says the next victim will be a pregnant sex worker. Just like, you know, we just met one at the clinic. So just like that. So this is what it's leading you to believe, right? Yeah. So John is hanging out at the clinic with the two other interns. And my husband thought that the second male resident was gay. And he said, just out of a pure guess. Now, he couldn't tell me if he thought the actor was gay or the character was gay. But he thought, I just think he's gay. I was like, okay. Now, the female resident, her name is Chris, and she's been receiving gifts from the janitor. And Chris is played by Cynthia Gibb, which you probably know her best for playing Holly on Fame. Anybody? Uh, uh, no, I don't know her best from that, but I know that ah. she did. Okay, I thought she was the cutest thing on Fame. That's how well, I, I don't think I ever watched Fame very much when I was a little kid. Fine, then. You lost out. Okay. Cool. Fame! I want to live forever. 
the actor who plays that guy in the movie is not gay. Oh well, maybe my maybe my husband's gaydar was picking up on his character. Maybe. So Chris flirts with John. So Chris, the female intern, flirts with John, the do-gooder, and he gently turns her down. And I, was, I wrote down the possibly gay intern asks him if he has a penis because that's because if you don't have sex with every available woman, do you even have a dick? That's what basically he says. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's another reason. To, it's another reason to dislike him, though, where he's. Uh, he's so, you so know, good he, that he, he's so he busy. He's so busy being a do-gooder. He doesn't have time to have sex. Yeah. That's busy. Yeah. <laughs> so. John looks up the address of the pregnant sex worker from earlier using her paperwork. Now, in the 90s, that would be deemed a healthcare information violation due to privacy issues. I just want to point that out. So, yeah, you, yeah, you see someone knock on the sex worker's door and offer her an abortion. And the camera pans around and twist. It's the janitor. So, John goes home to look at his old pictures and you see that guy's not the janitor. To- yeah. Are you sure he's a janitor? Absolutely. The guy that knocks on her door is the janitor. Hold on. So John goes home. He's looking at the old pictures. You see, he went to school with the sex worker and he shows up at her place and he sees the janitor go in. So John. Uh, opens. No, I the- thought that guy was another uh, unpaid doctor at the clinic. I didn't think he was the janitor. No, he's the janitor. Okay. So John opens the door and you can see that she's dead inside. Yeah. The janitor pushes him onto her dead body and he runs off. And John yells for the police and he takes off after the janitor. So John's seen running from the apartment with blood on his shirt by a witness who didn't see the janitor already run by. So John's glasses have been knocked off. He's having a hard time telling the janitor to pick up in the darkness and the rain. And he goes back to the clinic and he calls the emergency line because 911 doesn't exist yet. Okay. So he starts giving out information and the janitor hangs up the phone. And the janitor tells John that he left the apartment after the abortion and that someone else killed the sex worker before John saw him go back in. So he's like, I gave her an abortion, but then someone killed her before I could come back and check on her. Because she couldn't get an abortion. The the free clinic, they wouldn't give her an abortion because they, they said she was two weeks past the uh, legal date. You know, she was too far along. Yeah. So that's so, why she needed a back alley abortion other than yeah. just being a hooker in general. Yeah. Sex worker, sir. Yeah. So John doesn't believe him. Corner so hostess. What? Well, hooker sounds demeaning. If she does sex work, she does sex work. That's why we say corner hostess. No, no, we literally, we literally I say like sex corner work. hostess. Yeah, no, we literally say sex worker now. <laughs> so she, so the janitor attacks John and chokes <laughs> him to death, trying to get rid of his accuser. And then John, the janitor, then drags John's body through the clinic to hang him as if he committed suicide. And that's when you find out John's not dead; he's unconscious. And this time he wakes up and he starts to crawl away. And the janitor is still able to tie the noose around his neck and begins the hanging process. And John is kicking around. He eventually dies. So you see, suddenly you see John wake up sweating and he's at his bedroom window and he sees a cop car go by in the distance with its lights on. Yeah. And he drives to the clinic and there's his dead body. Only it isn't his body. It's his right. twin brother, John. This is Rick. This is the James Spader you like. This is the hot James Spader. So Rick tells the cops that his brother was murdered. And cops insist that no, he wasn't. He's actually the, the Jack the Ripper killer and he killed himself. And the, the psychologist said, well, either Rick is telling the truth or he killed his brother. 
And so Rick is like, well, look, hypnotize me. And the guy's like, really? And he's like, yeah. So Rick sees the janitor's sweaty face heating over his brother. And he tells a newscaster that he saw who killed his brother. And this, the janitor just loses his shit. And then Rick shows up at the clinic and the janitor hides around the corner while the head doctor tells Rick to go to the library if he wants information. And I was like, oh, burn. Burn. Oh, yeah, because he says, I'm here for information about my brother. And, and he says, go to the library if you want information. I was like, I was like, it's his brother. What a fucking dick. Yeah, absolutely. What a fucking dick. So but. Chris, the female resident, is like, meet me after work. And since Rick is definitely the cool brother, he has a two-seater convertible when John had a VW bug. Right. And yeah. Rick's the, Rick, uh, yeah. Rick's not a do-gooder, so there's a <clears throat> pretty good chance he's going to, you know. Oh, he's going to hit that shit. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Rick tells Chris that he saw his brother's murderer both the strangling and the hanging. And then Rick admits that he hadn't talked to his brother's brother in years. He was always in John's shadow. I mean, cause come on, look at the shadow that John cast, right? Yeah. So I'm later, helping the poor. I'm a, I'm going to be a doctor. And yeah, Rick's, I'll help the homeless and the poor and Rick, the diseased. Now, yeah. the only thing I don't like, the one thing I don't like though, is that they could have given Rick a cooler job than like shoe salesman. Cause yeah, I think cause they wanted to show that he wasn't that cool. Cause he's like edgy burnout guy. You'd think he'd work in some kind of like work on the docks or something like oh, the so Bon Jovi like song. A bartender. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's, he, he's not like, I don't know. I he thought, do, like, well, maybe the Simpsons said, I mean, not the Simpsons, maybe the married with children hadn't come along to make fun of shoe salesman. Yeah. You think they hadn't uh, tarnished the job yet? So it still seems like the name of the shoe salesman of the seemed, cobbler. It still seemed cool. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Cobblers were still cool then. Uh, later um rick shows up okay okay so cops so what we do okay so yeah so later the cops show up at rick's apartment saying that he killed his brother after john killed the women so they're saying we think you killed your brother after your brother killed the women so two of john's friends show up at the police station and vouch for him during one of the murders so he's like ha ha so rick has a near mess with the janitor who's now looking to kill him so you yeah. see someone creeping around chris's house that's the female um intern Peep in as she gets ready for her shower. I thought we we're going to see boobs, but no boobs. Nope. She's Holly from fame. You don't see your boobs. She's the good girl. You do so, not. No. I, I, so that's when I thought there might be a, a nudity shot too. No, no. So she sees that someone, um, she sees that there's someone out there. And when Rick opens the door, she assumes it's him. But Rick tells her like, get in, lock the door, dude. It wasn't me. And he looks around and he doesn't see anything, but he does see some shoe impressions in the mud. And like you said, he works at a shoe store. This is his thing, right? Yes. <laughs> so then he sees a picture of Chris with the janitor and he finds out that his name is Jack. Dun, 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 Jack. Mm. So he tells Chris, Jack killed John. Chris his last knocks, name is, his last name is Riper. His, his last name is off. No. Uh, Chris knocks the police off of Rick's and the two of them go, <laughs> go looking for a gun and Jack. Sorry. Is there someone... We, me and 12 year olds had the same sense of humor i know uh-huh yeah so you find out that the head mean doctor has suspicions about jack the janitor providing abortions and the head doctor also said he approves of what jack has been doing so he's like i approve of what you've been doing you've been doing good work huh he says you've been doing good work yeah so rick makes it to jack the janitor's house the two dudes square off and their guns which look exactly alike fall together on the floor and Jack just happens to pick up Rick's gun, which has no bullets. So he gets the shit kicked out of him because Rick is the cool brother. Rick is like, yeah. I might not be a doctor, but I'll whoop that ass. You know what yeah. I mean? So next, Jack is sitting in the police interrogation room and he admits to killing John. 
and to providing the abortion, but not to the rest. He's like, no, I'm not your serial killer. Like, did I kill John? Yes. Did I give her an abortion? Also, yes, but not the rest. So Rick gets Chris, the girl that John's too shy to bang. He's, she says now. So you find out that Jack works, oh, that you find out Jack works as a shoe manager at the mall. And while he's working, he noticed that the customer he's helping has the same shoe tread as the guy outside Chris's house. I thought they were going to make you think that that guy he was selling the shoes to was, was the killer. Yeah. Me too. Because he's got this like weird accent and like he's because they always show the uh, they show like the scalpels and stuff. And then there's yeah. always someone like kind of singing opera in the background. Yes, I thought it was. I thought that they're trying to show like he is now shooing the killer. But yeah. no, it just gives him an idea. So Rick goes to the psychologist's house in the middle of the night after a nightmare. And the psychologist tells Rick that he knows who the killer is, that, that Rick knows who the killer is, and it isn't Janet or Jack. So Rick has to be hypnotized. But at this point, you are getting the idea that the serial killer acting like Jack the Ripper is the mean head physician. So they're, you know, they're well, leaving you. So when when uh he goes to the psychi the uh psychiatrist's house and he's telling him a story, the psychiatrist is like reaching for a gun. Yeah. And uh I got the impression that you were supposed to think that the that he was the killer. Oh, I didn't get that. See, I thought that's what I thought. Like you, you were supposed to think the psychologist was the killer? Yeah. And then then oh. and then when uh he's like, ah, but I don't know who it is, and the psychiatrist kind of relaxes. You know what I mean? So I don't. Uh, so you're thinking, okay, I didn't get that. I, I see what you're saying, though. I see, I see your point. Yeah. So the um, you you find out it is the mean head physician. He has the right shoes. John saw him just before he died when he was hanging up. You know, he was hanging. He was standing off to the side watching the janitor hand him his ass. So, so he's Rick, <clears throat> he's technically the one that killed John, then, right? Who? The mean head physician with the weird accent. No, well, the jan the janitor strung him up, but he just didn't staff him. Oh, yeah. So Rick races to save Chris because at this point he realizes the head doctor's shoes belong to her peeping Tom. Cops are simultaneously trying to chase Rick down and save Chris. Chris wakes up just as the head doctor breaks into her house. And at this point, I was like, what? I don't know if you've ever tried to break a window, but it's not that easy. But Rick shatters he a window by jumping through it to land on top of the doctor. Oh, yeah. As cops hang out on the porch, knocking on the door and telling him to, quote, open up in there, end quote. <laughs> so Rick kills the doctor with his own scalpel and kisses the pretty girl at the yeah. end. So it works out for her because she gets like the guy she's attracted to. Yeah, she you already know, thought he was hot. And he was not, he was turning her down previously, but now she's got she's got his looks without the uh, the do good attitude, the fucking do gooder bullshit attached to it. She now has a use or no she she now has a shoe salesman who well bang the shit out of her. She's young. They're gonna bang a bunch. Then she's gonna be like, oh, <clears throat> I'm a doctor. You're a shoe salesman. Eh, I don't know. No, what's going to happen is um, she's going to pay for everything. And one day he's going to leave her for the nanny. Oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah. I figured she would just be like, ah, oh, well, I've graduated now and I had my fun. And Oh, no, there are women that just love putting themselves in horrible situations. <laughs> She'd be like, this man is awful for me. I'm yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how I see it. Some people might look at that as that's how we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> that is true somebody took a chance at one point right yeah 
<laughs> all right. Well, is that about all we have to say for Jack's back? I think that's all I have. That's all I have to say. I so, honestly thought it wasn't that bad. No, I didn't think it was bad at all. I oh mean, it's a, little, I, it's a little, it's a little. I wonder but. how I hadn't seen it before or really heard much about it. Other than when I saw the cover, I recognized the cover. Okay, wait a minute, guys. And out of five stars, how many stars would you give it? Three. Allie? Yeah. How many stars would you give it? I'd also give it like a three, maybe a three and a half. It was I mean, like, it, I'd it was say a it's, little slow in some points. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, but I, I mean, it's not a masterpiece. Like the True. Goonies. Agreed. It was a masterpiece. It's not the Goonies, no. It's no Goonies, but it does keep you interesting. I think there's a couple of points, you know, there's a couple of points where it's like a little bit slow, but other than that, yeah. um, it was good, I thought. It's no, it's not Sorceress. It's not Steel Dawn. It's no, it's yeah, right. I was say, come on now. It's no um, Tango and Cash. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, so next week, just to let you know what I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing like children's books from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there is one book called I'll Love You Forever that I'm only going to have to briefly mention because I don't care how old I get. I sob like an infant. Just, I tried to read the synopsis to put the synopsis down on the paper to tell you about it. And I'm all like, (laughs) I (laughs) recently bought, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Oh my God. You used to have a copy of that. Yeah, I did. And um, I was going to read it to do a book report, but I'll have to get my poop in a group before that even happens. Oh my God. I barely remember. The only thing I remember about that is she gets her period. Right. <laughs> Are her parents divorcing? I don't remember. I, I can't even remember. Was... I do remember. All I remember is like she gets her period and I was like, oh shit, that doesn't sound like fun. Well, because I remember <laughs> she got her period and she had to use a sanitary belt, like old school, our mother's era of, you know. Okay. Yeah. No fucking so- lie. In the 90s, my period starts. I have to go to this public restroom. One of those machines are on the wall. I put my change in. I turn my thing and this little cardboard box falls out. And I was like, okay, well, I thought maybe they put it in the box because it just travels better. Okay. So I go into the little stall. I open up the box and I tip it over and out falls the pad and I hear a little tink, tink. Mm-hmm. And I look down and there were two little safety pins that I was supposed to use to safety pin it to my underwear. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> what, what Dear Jesus, that was in the nineties. I was like, "Is this machine from the 60s? Yes, it probably. You know how hard it was to properly pin it into the correct place because you had to pin the front <laughs> and the back, and you got a safety pin, and there's these extra strips. It was just crisis mode. <laughs> That's what you get for going out unprepared, <laughs> right? That's what I get for having biological shit I have no control over. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so that was my plan. Is okay. Is, if I can get my poop in a group, I will. I'll read. Are you there, Goddess Me, Margaret? Did you take the Did you take the used one and throw it against the wall in the gas station? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't think it was their fault. I, and also, um, yeah, no, not to mention, I, I've always have empathy for people around me, and I know that somebody's got to clean that, and yeah. I don't want to. And it's somebody probably making minimum wage. I'm not that motherfucker. I will do some cruel shit, but I'm not that motherfucker. <laughs> yes. So but when yeah, are you I watching? Talk, when are you watching yeah? Child's Play? Um, we could talk. I watched Child Play last weekend. We could talk about it, but it's not going to be this one yet. Oh, I want to do the kids' books before I forget. Okay. Yeah, but we can do Child's Play after that if you want. Uh, okay. All right. All righty. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. bye. Okay. Bye.
If you like this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple or whatever platform you like. And uh, if you rate and review us, it really helps us be to be seen. So you should do that. Probably even if you think we suck. And uh, Except you still rate us nice. Don't be an asshole. Shit. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> You have to be realistic about these things. <laughs> True. Well, there's this one podcast I listen to that says compliments only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want I want legitimate uh, reviews. Anyway, so yeah. where can they email us, Allie? They can email us at goldenageofmedia80s, so goldenageofmedia80s at gmail.com. Okay. And then we're on Instagram, instagram.com slash goldenage8090. Facebook facebook.com slash golden age 8090 and then we have a blog that's struggling to get out of the incubator at golden age 8090.blogspot.com and i swear one day it'll actually have some stuff on it and be worth visiting but it'll, well, it'll get there all right it's not this day but it's a future day yeah yeah Jesus, Sally.